Hey fellow printers, Jillian here to give you an update on the letterpress supply guide. This hefty list of resources is finally complete. We are now working on our brand new website so that buying the guide and getting updates for it is a seamless experience for you. That's right, we'll be updating the guide regularly as we find new places to source those hard-to-find letterpress supplies. We can't wait to share this with you, and we even have some special goodies for the first 10 people who snag a copy. Check out this episode's show notes for a link to our mailing list so that you can be one of the first to know. Thanks again for tuning in, and now on to this week's episode. Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I am Jillian of Studio Soprano, and I am here with the ever-lovely Mariah of Mariah Creates. And today we are having our second Q&A episode. Woohoo! Yay! So excited. <laughs> um, so we'll be going through some any extra questions we have, um, any additional questions that we got after our last Q&A episode. And just a reminder, you could come over to Hot Off the Press Pod on Instagram, or you could send us an email at hotoffthepresspod at gmail.com with any questions that you have, and we will get to them on future Q&A episodes. Uh, so let's get into it. Perfect. Okay, so the first question we're going to go over, um, can digital art prints, fonts, etc., be printed using letterpress? So this is a really great question because um, there's obviously lead type and wood type, which are all predetermined, right? So like you can only use those fonts that you have on hand in your shop or whatever. Um, but what Jillian and I use and a lot of letterpress printers use is a photopolymer plate. So any design that you could ever imagine can be made and printed using letterpress. So mm -hmm. it's a it's a pretty amazing tool um, and it opens up an entire world of possibilities for letterpress printing. So um, yes, absolutely. Digital fonts aren't prints. Everything can be printed letterpress um, and made into plates. So pretty cool option. I agree. Sorry, <laughs> I just got really, I got really distracted because Zach sent me an update on the Wi-Fi. That's I was funny. like, oh, is Wi-Fi working? Anyway, um, yes. Great. Yes to the digital. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Yes. I don't really have anything. That was succinct. <laughs> Do the next green one. Okay. Uh... All right. So our next question is, what is the process to make plates? And we did um, – we did just put up an episode all on photopolymer. So if you've listened to that, this answer may be a bit of a repeat. But if you haven't, um, the process to make the plate is you take your artwork, um, which is 100% black, and the plate manufacturer 
will actually create a negative of that image. So the whole sheet will be black, like pure black, except for the artwork that you've designed. That will be clear. Okay, so they take that negative image and they lay it on top of a light activated resin and they shine a very high powered UV light on top of it. And basically what happens is the liquid will begin to harden wherever the light can pass through and it'll create a hard plate um, that you can use to print. So that is how photopolymer plates are made. They have to be like dried and exposed and washed and all of this stuff. Um, but it's a really fascinating chemical process that uses um, a light sensitive resin. Perfect. That's a great summary. Thank Nailed you. It. Nailed, Nailed it. it. <laughs> okay. I really liked this one. I have a bunch of wee photopolymer plate pieces. How do you store these? Um, and another person also asked, how do you catalog, organize, store your plates, et cetera? So um, I really love I really love that they specified we photopolymer plates because even though, we, even though we talked about organizing our, our plates in our photopolymer episode, I feel like we really didn't talk enough about what to do with those like eensy teensy tiny ones. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do with them? Okay, so I put them in even like a smaller envelope. So you know how you could get envelopes that are almost like business card size? Yeah, coin envelopes. So Yeah, so if they are that tiny, I will actually put them inside of there because it's so much easier to not lose an envelope than it is. Because when you're pulling out your plates, especially if like any bit of the adhesive is exposed, they yeah. just come out and they fly all over. So um, if it's smaller than a business card, I put them inside one of those envelopes. And if it's larger than a business card, the next envelope size I use is four bar. But I will also write on the envelope what's supposed to be in there so that like I know if something has gone missing, basically. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than being like, oh, I just need this Instagram logo for this Literally. thing. And then you can't find that tiny little Instagram logo. Yeah. For my branding, I also have like a couple little like bits and pieces like for business cards and random collateral and stuff. And it's like a little tiny heart and a little tiny flywheel. And it's like, I obviously just threw them onto a plate order. So they <laughs> I didn't save a lot of room around them. So there's no like excess plate area that like makes them bigger. So they're like, mm -hmm. one of them's like a quarter inch by like a quarter inch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's teeny tiny, but you know, yeah. Envelopes, basically it's a, a, an elaborate system of various sizes of envelopes uh, with or without notes on them all over them <laughs> and quantities and things like I'm, I wish I was kidding, but I'm absolutely not. <laughs> no, I always keep everything because I hate to have to dig through something multiple times. So like I am a little bit anal about making sure that like if I put plates in an envelope, if it's let's say it's for someone's specific invitation, I'll write their name on it. Or let's say I could fit two people's invitation in one envelope, then I write both yeah. their names on it. And that yeah. way, like, I don't even have to open that. Like, I could just look at the front and be like, Oh, nope, that's those people's invitation. Don't need to look in here. Um, that's so smart. Yeah. So I'm, it's probably the only thing I do that is like <laughs> very anal redemptive. Yeah, we were just having that conversation today, weren't we? I am uh, pure opposite of OCD. It is terrible. 
<laughs> what, like, can we come up with an acronym that is opposite of OCD? Because that's what I am. I yeah, am. you're like you're like A O C D, anti O C D. If I was a Disney character, my like special power. If I was in Encanto, my special power would be anything I touch just turns to pure disaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> straight up into a pile of things yeah um that's aw I haven't seen that movie yet but I I do know that we don't talk about Bruno so (laughs) I only saw that movie because they play that song on the radio and I was like all right who the hell is this Bruno guy yeah who's Bruno and why don't we talk about him (laughs) (laughs) all right so those are really great questions I hope we've answered um that like as far as storing and again just to reiterate in case you haven't listened to the other episode you want to make sure that your plates are out of direct light and in as climate controlled of a space as you can manage i know mariah and i both keep our plates in the garage do you keep your plates in the garage nope i keep them in the basement oh that's right the basement so basement baby (laughs) that's right um I keep mine in the garage, so it's not super climate controlled, but I do keep them in like an airtight container. Um, so that kind of helps. Yeah. 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 They're not as sensitive. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like if you had a roll of film, that's pretty sensitive. So yeah. Like, I've right, definitely like that, left them in the sun and they've been okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you still want to take care of them. Uh, do as we say, not as we do, as per the usual. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Perfect. Okay. So our next question is actually a group of questions from three different listeners, um, that we're going to group all together because they are all talking about sourcing different parts and supplies. So somebody asked us where we get our plates from. Somebody asked about our press and then somebody asked about rollers and trucks. And Mariah and I have actually created a resource for you guys where you could find all of our vendors um, for all of these things, as well as cleaning supplies, as well as our Amazon shopping list. Um, Because we know that this is like the most time consuming part of being a printer is figuring out where we source all of our stuff from. Um, But we did want to answer some of these right now. So uh, I found my press on eBay. And Mariah, uh, did you find yours on Facebook? Uh, Craigslist, actually. Craigslist, yeah, I right. found two, I found both my presses on Craigslist, which I've always had weirdly good luck with Craigslist. Like, I've had roommates from Craigslist who were great. I have rented a place from Craigslist that was awesome. Uh, I've gotten a vehicle <laughs> on Craigslist. Like, I've had good luck. So that was uh, that was an easy decision for me. Um, nice. So yeah, I found my presses on Craigslist, uh, both of them. Nice. And I also shop. Um, Craigslist and eBay regularly for different parts and pieces for my press, like trucks. Um, I'm right now I'm trying to get like a set of six new trucks. And I do know of a place where I can have them manufactured, but I know some of these small bits are like going to be trashed to someone else. So if I can reclaim that and use them, then I would much rather do that. Yeah, for Um, sure. And then I purchased my plates from a family-owned business, and we have that linked in our guide, but one of the, like, really common places for you to go and get your plates is Boxcar Press, and we've talked about them before in earlier episodes because they have a really, like, um, in-depth database of 
information on their website. Their staff is also super friendly and their ordering process could not be any more simple. So um, highly recommend like starting there, but it's always nice to find a vendor that is close to you or, um, you know, like a small business as well as like a backup. It's great to diversify some of these like things that you're ordering a lot. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, worth checking out some of the other options in our letterpress resource and supply guide. Perfect. Love it. Great. <laughs> Hello? Oh, okay. I was like, are you there? <laughs> Did I need to say something else? No, I just wanted to see how many words you would say. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. If you listen to my earlier recording, you'll find I will keep talking. Uh, I literally can't wait for you to, I can't wait for your reaction to that. Uh, okay, cool. So then we're on to the yellow ones. Yep. So the next question, uh, major differences between letterpress and quote unquote regular printing. So um, we've touched on this at a few points, but um, really it is a physical impression on the paper that you get with letterpress. And with regular printing, you definitely do not get that. It is, uh, you know, sometimes referred to as flat printing for a very good reason. Um, and letterpress is definitely not that. It is like a physical indent in the paper, and that's made by the uh, form that you're printing, whether it's type or a photopolymer plate like Jillian and I use. Um, so yeah, I think that's the number one difference in my mind. Um, I also do think that like a lot of times you're gonna use different paper stocks for letterpress than you would for quote unquote regular printing. Um, we can print on super thick paper on letterpress. Uh, you could even print like on coasters, super like heavy, like pulp board, um, that kind of stuff, which most regular printers, especially your home printers cannot handle. Um, we can also print on things like handmade paper really easily. So um, I say really easily, but you know, relatively easily compared to trying to feed it <laughs> through a digital printer with rollers and stuff. So um, yeah, specialized- digital printers don't like handmade paper. Yeah, can't blame them. It's tricky stuff. Um, yeah. And they don't handle tricky stuff very well. So yeah, I mean, letterpress allows you to use super specialized, super thick, maybe really fluffy cotton stock. And uh, it lives, leaves a physical impression on the paper. And uh, it's a tactile experience that you can feel and also see. So um, yeah, I would say those are the major differences in my mind. Anything else you want to add? No, not really. I think that's all of them. But I will say that it's a good time to discuss like regular printing, aka flat printing, aka digital printing are is kind of they're all umbrella terms that capture inkjet, laser, offset, indigo, like all of those different types of printing machines. And you really like you may want to know what makes an inkjet different than a laser jet just so that you can make the best determination at some point in time of like what you want to use. But as umbrella terms, like whenever we refer to, and I think Mariah and I both like to use the term digital printing. Yeah. Whenever we refer to digital printing, like we're talking umbrella about all the flat printing categories. Like, yeah. Um, so it's just a good time to mention that. Yeah. Different jobs and different, um, you know, so like stock paper requires different types of printing presses. Uh, so like 
there are very nuanced details. Like your photos are not necessarily going to print on the same paper and the same printer as like a text only document, you know? So like, that's where you can get into like the super niche stuff, like which type of digital printing is best for your project. We are just talking digital printing versus letterpress in most cases. Uh, so yeah. yeah, we use the umbrella term because that's how we're thinking of it as like an, as a, as an opposite of letterpress or a different than letterpress. So um, yeah. Yep. Good point. Um, I would also, I'm going to loop back because I remembered one other difference and that is ink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of ink, um, so letterpress, every ink, uh, it, God, now I'm thinking of like 10 more. So every color is printed in its own pass through the press, which means it has its own plate made and uh, it has to be printed. So if there's two colors, it has to be printed twice. If there's three colors, it has to be printed three times. Um, and we also mix all of the ink individually. So you can custom mix your ink to whatever you want it to be. Usually that's a Pantone color, um, but it can be to match a dress or a ribbon that you like or the envelopes that you're going to be putting those invitations in. So um, custom mixed ink, every color printed on its own and uh, the paper that you can use and the physical impression in the paper, I would say, are the, are the big differences. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else we missed? Cheese. <laughs> I mean, there's so many, but those are the major differences. Perfect. Let's just yeah. say that there's yeah. many differences, but those are the major ones. And of course, those are, like, yeah, those are the key. Yeah. At the top of that pyramid is the texture because it's the one thing that makes letterpress really stand out because you yeah. could just flat print like a solid color text on a piece of paper we do it all day long, but mm -hmm. having that texture is what makes it so special. Yeah. Anyhow. There's no, there's no modern replica for letterpress either. Like there's no, you know, there's no like digital printer that can give you a physical impression on the paper. So um, it's not something that can, can be replicated by digital printing. So yeah. All right. Right. We did it. Right. <laughs> no, we have one more. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> good try. Good try. Okay. <laughs> So we have one last question for this episode, and this comes from at Bean and Noodlegram, which I really love that handle. I'm curious. Love. <laughs> so much love. Okay. They've asked, for semi-custom jobs, in which order do you print these? I assume digital, then letterpress. Um, and then they also asked, what uh, do you use cotton paper for these? So I'm going to kind of lump both these together. Uh, the cotton paper, yes. I highly recommend whenever you you're going to use letterpress choose a cotton paper sock there are several to choose from we highly recommend that you choose a cotton paper you can digitally print on cotton paper um you'll want to find like a printer who either already offers that or a printer who's willing to let you send in your own paper to do so. Um, it's not super, super common that all printers carry cotton paper and most printers aren't going to be able to print on the double thick stock without duplexing them after the fact. So those are all things to just keep in mind. And we had an entire episode where we actually discussed mixing digital and letterpress together. So if you haven't listened to that yet, definitely go back and give that a listen. But just to briefly cover the process, we do usually recommend that you um, do your digital first. You're going to need to order um, 
a bit more than your final quantity and you always want to check in with your letterpress printer to see two things. One, um, how much extra they need, like how much overage they'll need. And also what size do they need your prints to be because it's not always necessarily the final cut size like they may want to cut them down after the fact so verify um, those two things and then also make sure that your uh, timeline for the project is very well padded to accommodate both yeah, for sure. Um, I love mixing digital and letterpress uh, because I feel like it opens up a lot of like, you know, I mentioned this in the episode, but a lot of like opportunity for design possibilities. Um, yeah. But I actually will say that I have definitely um, letterpress, letterpress printed on regular stock, um, not just yeah. cotton stock. Um, hemp paper and regular card stock, I've letterpress printed on all of that. So um, you know, there is some room for playing with that. And it's really just comes back to check with your letterpress printer on what they can do and what they're willing to do. Um, not every stock is going to be suitable for letterpress. Um, the one thing I would like immediately that comes to mind that you like, you can't combine would be like digital foil and then letterpress because digital foil usually gets like a coating on the paper that has kind of like a soft, like touch to it. And mm -hmm. You can't really let, I mean, you probably could with like oil-based ink, but I have not successfully printed on top of that. So that's like the one thing I would say is a definite immediate no. <laughs> Maybe metallic like cardstock too, like anything super like, like slick. If water doesn't penetrate it, it's probably not going to be letterpress friendly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, have, I feel like that's a good rule. Yeah. I have pressed on that P-like paper. Yeah. Are you familiar with that? No. Um, <laughs> so it's a very interesting texture. I think you see it a lot in business cards and it literally feels almost like a sweet, almost like a silicone, actually. Um, it has such an interesting surface texture. And what I will say about that experience, as well as printing on other card stocks that's are not cotton is mm -hmm. that you can always find a way to print on them, but you're not going to get that same effect that you would on cotton. Yeah. Um, because the P like paper basically didn't receive any indentation whatsoever. And the harder I tried, the more like the ink would just smudge. So yeah. it needed to be printed with oil ink and a very light kiss. And then they had to be laid out to dry. And it took like, an hour or two for them to completely dry and at the end of the day I very well could have just digitally printed that. yeah yeah that's kind of <laughs> like, the thing for sure it really is, so that's another thing is like depending on what you always just want to ask your like you can but should you like yeah ask is it yourself worth it that yeah question. exactly yeah. is it worth yeah. it yeah yeah expectations yeah definitely and I mean people mix also people also do foil and letterpress like you can combine print methods in just about most in most cases so oh yeah yeah I love to combine print methods you know my first wedding suite that I ever printed was digital and letterpress <laughs> I love it yeah I really just decided to challenge myself right out the gate yeah why not <laughs> why not yeah I did. I mean, I challenged myself in the sense that it was a three color print job with a die cut and duplexing. That was my first. Seriously? Job. You're crazy, yeah. girl. I know. I love being crazy. 
right. Well, that was a nice, quick little Q&A episode. And uh, just to, just a reminder that if you have any letterpress questions or business questions or Mariah, what else can people ask us about? Um, we're really knowledgeable about wine and interior design. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, um, we love to talk about just about anything. So fire away. Um, yeah. Yes, please. So you can reach us in our Instagram DMs at hot off the press pod over there on the IGs, <laughs> or you could send us an email hot off the press pod at gmail.com. And yes, highly encourage you guys to check out the link in our Instagram bio for the letterpress supply guide. And it is a beautiful PDF document where everything that you could ever need to set up your shop is all linked right there. You can just click on it, buy it, have it, print with it. It's the best. Just saying. <laughs> Yes, it really is. It has like what thir- sixteen different categories and uh, quite a quite a range of stuff. So anything you could ever need is going to be right there. Yeah, yeah. We did all the research, so you don't have to. You could just spend your time printing and making that money. Yeah, love it. I always want to make like printing money jokes because we're printers and we make money, <laughs> but I don't want to get like accused of flagged. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, counterfeiting. Yeah, right. I don't want to get accused of counterfeiting. Nobody wants to bring like the IRS or the federal government down on anyone. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right. um, If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. And if you're listening on Spotify or any other platform that allows you to leave a star rating, we would so greatly appreciate five stars. We want to continue to bring content and letterpress awareness to as many people as we can. And those reviews go so far on those platforms. So we really appreciate all the people who have left us reviews already. We love you. And yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Yay. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.